It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's going on? Not a whole lot. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the wide receiver performances at the at the NFL Combine uh, and then get a little bit into some free agency stuff. T- today, uh, recording this on Tuesday night, was the deadline for teams to apply the franchise tag to players. So we'll talk a little bit about that and guys now that I guess have a better chance of hitting the market than they did when they could have potentially been tagged. But obviously teams can still work with their own guys leading up to the start of the new league year. So even some of the guys that we discussed tonight uh, will still end up getting re-signed by their teams when they actually hit the open market. But we'll look a little bit into that. Before we do that, uh, we covered the Titans for SB Nation, MuCityMiracles.com. Check us out there. Subscribe to the podcast at Locked on Titans. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Titans and then Locked on Titans on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you want to get access to the podcast, you can get it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. All right, so last night we broke down the running backs and uh, edge rushers at the Combine. So if you missed that, you can go back and listen to it. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the wide receivers because, I mean, the Titans, I think, can still stand to upgrade at the wide receiver position. I don't anticipate it being something they do in, in the first couple of rounds. But always looking for playmakers. They, they still need probably a, a speed guy. Maybe Taewon Taylor can be that guy. Maybe there's somebody else in this draft that they that they think can come in and, f- and fill that role. So, Terry, kind of break down the performances that you saw from the wide receivers at the Combine. Yeah, I think you got to start with DJ Chark out of LSU, uh, measured in at 6'3 and ran 4'3'4". Uh, a guy that didn't really have the big-time production at LSU because LSU's quarterback situation has just been absolute garbage since uh, Zach Mettenberger was there. So, uh, talking about a guy that's going to be probably a better pro than he was in college. Uh, he's been kind of hovering in that day two range. I think he's solidified himself as a second round pick. Um, you know, it, you, you never know. Maybe he can sneak into the back end of the first round. Teams are going to love a six three body with four three speed uh, that can really open up the field. So, uh, really, really impressed with him. Uh, another another guy in that range, Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Uh, just solid all, all the way around. Uh, can't really poke any holes in, in his performance uh, at the combine. Ran four five four. That's that's what we thought we'd see out of him. You know, almost six four, two hundred eighteen pounds. He's kind of the big guy that can go up and get the football, win you some jump balls. You know, he he's got plenty to offer after the catch. Uh, agility stuff looked great. You know, top five percent in the three cone drill. Uh, so really excited about him. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to pin down where he'll go, though. It, it really, it's more so this this entire class. Uh, yeah, that, there's a possibility that you you won't see a receiver taken until late in the first round. Uh, so it, it's really just kind of flavors at this point. You know, pick a flavor. There's not that dominant guy out there. Uh, we thought Calvin Ridley was going to be that guy, uh, and he. He just hasn't been. You, know, you look at the production at Alabama, it was obviously hurt by Jalen Hurts and his inconsistencies. Uh, that's not an offense that's going to throw the ball around a lot at, as he is. Uh, but then he goes out to the combine and he has a really poor performance. 
uh, ran near the bottom of the pile in the 20-yard shuttle. Uh, did not jump well at all. Didn't look explosive. Um, and honestly, it, it's kind of hard, and you can speak to this, being a Bama fan, it, it's really hard to evaluate him uh, as a receiver. You know, I, I thought Alabama schemed him open a lot uh, using their run game. You know, defenses would key in on that run game, and he would – Calvin would end up wide open down the field. Uh, didn't see him win in too many contested situ- situations. Uh, you saw him win occasionally there. But uh, I'll bounce it back to you. What do you think about Ridley? Uh, would you take him in the back end of the first round? Yeah, man, he's an interesting guy, like you said. And I think that he needed to test well at the combine because, like you said, the, the tape is, is tough on him because, really, his freshman year was probably his most productive season. And then after that with Jalen Hurts, it just it, it was hard to hard to evaluate him. I don't think that I would take him in the back half of the first, just because I don't know. I, I, there's just there just seem to be too many question marks surrounding him. And again, he's a guy that you know th- th- you see some good things on tape, obviously, but not consistently. Again, hard to blame him for that. It, it's interesting him and the LSU guy. I mean, it, you know, it's tough to evaluate them just because of their quarterback play. But when you know Ridley goes out there and doesn't test well. I would say it gives teams more pause. I, I think he has a chance to be a good receiver. Um, like I said, you, you saw some flashes of him being able to do some things. But w- when you look at like Amari Cooper, if you go back and watch him when he was at Alabama, you know, even he didn't play with the greatest quarterbacks, but there were still games where, you know, they throw it up to him, two guys covering him, he comes down with the football. Um, you know, and I mean, he's had his struggles in the NFL. But you didn't see that type of performance from Ridley, even you know playing in a similar offense. So I don't, I don't think that he's a first round guy at this point. Like I said, now if, if he had gone to the combine and tested really well, I think he probably pretty easily would have been. But you know, I, I just, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sold on him as as a as a huge playmaker at the next level. Like I said, I think he can be a solid guy, but I, I'm just, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a first round pick on him. Um, I don't, I don't, I, and I don't see the Titans spending a first-round pick on a receiver. I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit before we jumped on. Um, they're going to be looking for a guy that can come in and, and give them some speed and that kind of stuff. Um, I guess if, you know, just depending on how the, the board falls, if, you know, the, the other positions that they have needs at end up being really thin, that they could go that route if there was a guy they thought could could be a difference, come in and be a difference maker from day one. But, you know, the Titans are probably going to be looking at more of these guys – Really, probably day three, wouldn't you think? I mean, I just, I don't know. It's hard to see. It's hard for me to see them spending a, a day one or day two pick on a receiver. Yeah, I'm with you. And to wrap up, Ridley. Other thing on him is he's 24 years old. Uh, so he, yeah, it, you're talking about year two, year three guys that he's already older than uh, as an NFL rookie. So uh, he, I'm really interested to see where he goes and where the NFL values him. But yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and maybe there's there's a chance if Robinson trades out of of, of twenty five and adds two or three picks uh, on day two, maybe maybe there's a chance that that they add one on day two. I, I just don't see it though. I mean, I think you drafted Taewon Taylor to be that guy. Uh, he's he's a total unknown. Uh, I think you got to give him a shot. I think you got to give Tajay Sharp, another guy that you drafted, uh, a shot to come back from injury. Um and you know this receiver class, there's some guys that are on day three that can come in and, and challenge for that fourth receiver role. Uh, you know the, the list goes on and on. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I still don't think it's a huge need. You know, we're going to hear all about how the Titans need a receiver next week as free agency opens. I, I'm I'm pretty firmly in the camp of I would rather go, you know, bargain bin shopping and get a guy like Jordan Matthews or, or somebody, a, a proven vet that's going to come in. He's not going to blow the game open for you, but he's not going to hurt you either. Uh, they just need that proven veteran presence to kind of help the young guys along. Yeah, you talk about his, uh, the age on Ridley. Uh, I think Alvin Rob- Allen Robinson is like 18 months older than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and he's been in the league. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it's a weird deal there. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of buzz. You know, we got uh, Jonathan Kinsley writing for us now, and, and he's done a post on Watkins and a post on Allen Robinson. And he's been kind of beating the drum of the Titans need a, need a, need a wide receiver, um, and he's not he's not necessarily a Titans fan. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a Marcus Mariota fan, and, and you know he he studied this, the team a lot. But I, I'm with you. I don't think that you're going to see them. I, I just I just can't imagine them going after an Allen Robinson or a Sammy Watkins. Um, and to me, I mean Watkins, you know, you, the ties with, with Lafleur. Uh, you know, if he's in there, you know, for the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months, whatever, trying to make a case for them to go after Watkins, I could see, maybe see that a little bit more than Allen Robinson. But I, I just don't see them breaking the bank to pay a wide receiver at this point when you've got Corey Davis, you've got Taewon Taylor. And again, not guy, I'm not saying that because of those guys, you don't you, you don't sign one of these guys. Like they're not the reason you don't sign one of these guys. Um, I, I took some heat on Twitter for the Jarvis Landry post. <laughs> saying, you know, I, I didn't want Landry coming in and taking reps away from Taewon Taylor and, and Tajay Sharp. And again, I'm not trying to say that I think that those guys are on the level of Jarvis Landry. But when you take in the other considerations with Landry, the, the draft pick or picks that you're going to have to give up, the money that you're going to have to give him, these guys, the, the money that you're going to have to give them, there's just, there's more considerations that go in there, and then we talk about the capital you know that was that was invested in Taewon Taylor last year. Um, it just, it would seem silly just to, to kind of bury him at this point, just not knowing basically much about what he's going to be able to do because of that offense they put in last year. So again, not that I think that Taewon Taylor is better than Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins, but I just think when you look at the roster, when you look at all of those things, even when you look at the big picture, I'm just not sure that it makes sense for them to invest that much money. Or especially when you're talking about, in the case of Jarvis Landry, picks and money um, in a guy when you have some guys on the roster that, that, that are serviceable options um, and that have the ability for some upside that we, that we maybe just possibly haven't seen yet. And have I missed something on Rashard Matthews? It just seems like the entire fan base has soured on Matthews. And maybe it's, it's because of the offense that he was in and the mistakes that were made. But, I mean, Corey Davis made the same mistakes. Uh, you saw every receiver on that roster make a mistake. Uh, so I, I don't know what it is with Titans fans and, and Rashard Matthews, but you know, I'm still I'm still high on him as, as a number two receiver. You know, you, you hope Corey Davis can make that jump, and I think you saw enough flash against New England to trust him to do that. But it's kind of interesting. Uh, just talking to a few people on Twitter, uh, just kind of the attitude towards Rashard Matthews. I still think he's a, a middle of the road wide receiver two uh i think the titans could do better there but at the same time I, th- I think they've got other holes to fill and i don't necessarily want to tie up that much money in in receivers uh so i, I don't know maybe i'm I, i'm the weird one here 
No, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a couple of things at play with Matthews. One is, you know, his, his production was down last year. Um, you know, had an injury, had the offense that that everybody struggled through. I think the protest stuff and his social media stuff. I, I think that has turned some people against him. And again, I'm not, you know, here to to, to comment on that. But I, I think that there is a, a part of the fan base that that turned against him after that. And so everything that went wrong was was a little bit more magnified. Um, he got off of uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, which is probably a smart move for him, at least as far as this, you know, dealing with this fan base is concerned. But, I, I mean, I do think that plays into just the, the feelings about him uh, from the fan base. It doesn't have anything to do at all with his, with his play on the field one way or the other. But I, I, th- I think there is some of that stuff that goes into play there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, again, I, I'm willing to give all these guys a, another chance just when, when they're in a competent offense, uh, you know, with the, with something that's going to play to their strengths instead of playing to, you know, the scheme that was just ridiculously outdated. So, um, you know, I don't know. And, and I, I just think that, that they're probably not having – as many conversations in that building about a huge need at wide receiver as the fan base is. Uh, again, I, I think because they understand the limitations that were, that were put on those guys last year because of the offense. And, and again, I, I think we, we and we've talked about this. This fan base is so accustomed to needing a wide receiver. It's been a need ever since they got here. Um, and, and so I think they're probably, you know, as good as they've ever been there right now. Um, but I, I think some people are still just conditioned to, hey, it's it's free agency, it's draft, we need a receiver. Um, it, it's kind of hard to break that, but I just don't see it being as big of a need as it has been in years past. Um, so anyway, so all that to say, you know, that they'll probably take a receiver in this draft because I do think they still need to go with some speed, but I just don't think it's going to be something they're going to spend an early pick on. All right, so free agency opens next week, and the franchise tag deadline was on Tuesday. So we'll talk a little bit about who got tagged and who didn't and what that possibly means for free agency. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So I I guess there were, uh, I think it's five guys that ended up getting the franchise tag. Jarvis Landry, we've already talked about. Ziggy Ansah in Detroit. Demarcus Lawrence in uh, Dallas. LaMarcus Joyner, the safety in, uh, with the Rams, and then Le'Veon Bell, who, uh, you know, obviously we, we kind of knew that that was going to come. They were, they were never going to let him hit the market with all his stuff going around him. Uh, you know, it makes sense for the Steelers to kind of keep playing out the franchise tag with him. And then Cal Fuller in Chicago got the, got the transition tag. So, you know, we talked, we've talked about all along the Titans need an edge rusher. Edge rushers don't hit the market. You know, two of the five guys that were that were given the franchise tags against and Demarcus Lawrence guys that are edge rushers. 
So no surprise there because, like we've just said, teams don't let those guys hit the market. Yeah, and the two that I'm looking at uh, on for the Titans are the, on the interior because, like you said, the edge rushers aren't going to hit the market. But I do think you can get upgrades on the interior. Uh, two former Jets, Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, guys, I, I don't really know what went wrong uh, with the Jets, uh, but they traded Richardson to Seahawks, so he, he's hitting the market. So th- that's two names that I think would probably be upgrades for the Titans. Uh, and I, I don't know if you feel this way. The run defense was good. I don't, I don't think it was great. Uh, I, I still think teams kind of attacked through the air, even last year, even though the secondary was better. I think they picked on uh, Adore Jackson early in the year and, and at times Logan Ryan. Uh, so I, I think the Titans can get better there, and those are two names that I'm watching. Uh, also a bunch of guards, a bunch of guards, plug-and-play, uh, that would be upgrades to me over Josh Klein. Uh, you're talking about Josh Sitton, uh, Justin Pugh, uh, and, and I don't know what those guys are going to get paid, but I, I do think the Titans will be in on – alignment or two and, and go ahead and get that need filled so you can just kind of take the best player available in the draft yeah and one thing that we you know we talked about before about getting everybody prepared for you know that that first big day of free agency that that first big wave uh john robinson typically hasn't been active in that i don't see this year being any different they've got less needs this year than they did in years past um he he has signed some key free agency some some key free agents uh, you know, obviously Logan Ryan being the biggest one last year. So he, it's not that he won't sign free agents, but he, he's going to kind of let that first wave probably settle, see where the market sits after that, and go after those guys. And like you said, interior offensive linemen are guys that you can get for a reasonable price on the market. They can come in and play from day one. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's something we could be looking at. You know, Andrew Norwell is apparently already tied to the Giants. He's a guy that's, you know, any top 100 free agents list that you look at, he's going to be in the top five, top ten on that list. I, I don't see them getting involved with a guy like that. But then when you talk about that second wave, a Pew, a Sitton, th- those types of guys, even Josh Klein, um, you know, guys that, that, that could be interesting for the Titans that they could get. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of where they'll be looking. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I, they can upgrade on the defensive line. Um, you've got obviously Jarrell Casey, who's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. But other than that, they could they could stand to upgrade at the other two positions. Uh, Daquan Jones is a guy that's interesting. Obviously, was here last year, had a season cut short due to an injury. Was you know finally kind of coming into his own. Uh, so I mean, it was it was tough timing for him with, with that injury. But you know, he's a guy that they know, and, and so they'll they'll have some familiarity with a guy that you know is not going to be on that uh, in that first wave of free agency. But a guy that they could probably get for a, for a reasonable price and can come in and play. So I mean, I, I think that's kind of what you'll be looking at in free agency. You'll be looking at interior offensive linemen, one or two of those guys, maybe a defensive lineman. You know, do, do they do they need to upgrade a third quarter? Probably. Do they do that in free agency or the draft? We'll kind of have to wait and see. Could they sign a Jordan Matthews? This is a guy you brought up earlier. Um, again, you know, not the top tier of wide receivers, but a guy that's in that you know second or third group. I, I just really think that's where you're going to see the bulk of what John Robinson does in free agency. You know, the running backs, you got Deion Lewis from the Patriots, who showed last year that he's capable of shouldering the entire load. That he wouldn't need to do that here. Is that a guy that John Robinson, you know, with his familiarity with the guys in New England, is that is that somebody that he'd get involved in? Or are you looking at Jarek McKinnon? 
is that a, is that a route they want to go in for agency or they can wait for the draft for that? So I mean, I, I think all of those are realistic possibilities. But you know, the the top tier guys, I just I don't think we're going to see the Titans involved in that. And I think we're going to see panic from the fan base like we do every year. They're cheap. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. But you know, John Robinson has done a good job of of building this roster up with his philosophy. I think if he saw a guy that he thought could come in and be that one piece that they were missing to put him over the top, I think he'd go overpay for that guy. We've seen the Patriots do that from time to time. But I, I just don't I don't see that guy in this free agent class, and so I don't think you're going to see them out there amongst the big spenders in, in the first couple of days. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, that big piece is probably a pass rusher, but I, you're just you're just not getting them. You know, they're not hitting the market. Uh, the best pass rusher on the board that I see here is Julius Peppers. Um, so that kind of tells you uh, right. what, what the market is and just how those guys get tied up. Uh, and, and, you know, teams just don't let them hit the market. So that's kind of what I was saying on yesterday's pod. By any means necessary, the Titans have to come out of this offseason with a plan in place, uh, a succession plan for when Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo are no more. Uh, you know, there's a chance that they might come back, but I, I really want that guy in the building this off season, uh, learning the defense, you know, growing as a player, uh, getting ready to take over for one of them. Uh, and you know, it, it's anybody's guess who it's going to be, uh, if they do take that guy in the first round, because it's so fluid at 25, you know, we always have an idea of who the Titans are going to take. I, I'm not sure we're going to have an idea. So if I'm John Robinson, I'm, I'm seriously considering going up into the teens. If a guy like Harold Landry lasts uh, that long, getting in front of a team like the Lions who need a pass rusher, uh, I think that's what I would be doing. I, I would sacrifice one of those picks, and I don't like doing that. Uh, but I, I think it's that big of a missing link for the Titans that I would go make it happen. Yeah, and like you said, that that is the one position that if they can find a definitive upgrade – they can be, you know, significantly better than what they were last year, and, and they're at the point now where, you know, you're getting into the. I mean, I'm not, the window's not closing, but you're getting to the point where you're going to have to pay Taylor Lewan, you're going to have to pay Marcus Mariota. Once you do those two things, you're not going to have this just abundance of cap room like they've had for the last few years. So, if there's that one guy that you can get on a rookie contract when you have to pay those guys and you can still have him, it makes sense to go do it. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that that's where you see maybe the big expense there versus in free agency and the big expense obviously being, you know, picks given up. Um, I, I think that makes a lot more sense than any of these guys in free agency because, again, you just don't have that guy. I mean, you know, if they if they sign Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins, the offense is better. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think – just with the scheme that they're going to have, the offense is going to be so much better. So I, I'm not sure what, how much better that makes the offense versus if they didn't have a guy like that. So that, that, that's kind of you just kind of take all that into consideration. So obviously we'll kind of be monitoring that as we go. Like we said, I mean, you know, we're looking at today being a week away from the the start of the legal tampering period. Uh, that was March 12th, and then free agency on the 14th. So um, all this stuff's coming up. It's you know one of the more exciting times of the of the year, uh, it, it, but it's good to now be a fan of a team where 
you have high hopes that the offseason is not going to be the most exciting part of the year. You know, we went through a lot of Titans offseasons where the offseason was so much more fun to follow than the actual season itself. Um, the Titans are at a place now where the season should be fun as well. But it, it doesn't take away from just, just kind of the circus that is the offseason. And there's just so much exciting stuff that happens. I remember last year a bunch of trades went down right before, you know, the, the free agency opened. Um, and so the NFL, just it, it's a year-round thing, and it, it's fun to follow. And we're about to get the opening of, you know, what is the craziest couple of months as far as people really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, this time – Really, from the start of March through the end of April through the end of the draft, it's 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 my favorite time of year. Uh, I, I just love it. Uh, I know a lot of fans love it. A lot of fans will will panic when the Titans don't do anything on day one. Uh, so that's going to be fun to to walk everyone through. Uh, I told Jimmy we need to do a live show uh, when when the the free agency opens. So I think that'll be fun uh, to get everybody's live reaction and, and kind of watch uh, Titans Twitter burn because you know. It does every year. Nothing changes. They're they're just not going to be the big spenders like the Jaguars have been. So, but it's going to be okay. I, I think John Robinson has proven that he's got a plan. Uh, I think it was reported that they've got forty seven million in cap room or, or something like that. Uh, but again, uh, like you were saying, a lot of that's going to go towards Mariota. A lot of it's going to go towards Taylor Wan. Uh, even further down the road, a lot of it's going to go to Conklin and, and Kevin Byard. Uh, so you got to think big picture here. I know it's fun to to go all Madden on them and sign every free agent you can, but that's that's just not going to work. You know, you saw a team like the Dolphins do that a couple of years ago with Sue, and now they're in some cap issues and they're looking to get rid of Sue and and Jarvis Landry now. So uh, I, I like what Robinson is doing. Uh, I hope he continues to do that and build through the draft because that's that's how you build long term success. Yeah, and it's just it's the more sustainable, obviously, way yeah, of doing it. And you can't go exclusively draft. I mean, look at what's happened with the Packers. You know, they've basically they don't sign any free agents. Um, and, and you know, if you draft really, really well, you can kind of you can sustain that. But if you don't, um, you get yourself in trouble that way too. So I mean, it's a balance of things. But again, I just I don't know. I, the the big ticket guy, I'm just not sure that you know you don't you obviously don't want to go just give a guy a bunch of money just for the sake of winning a press conference times don't need that at this point so um you anyway, know we'll, we'll keep an eye on it so uh like i said we'll have that next week for you um we'll do a, a, maybe some q a tomorrow uh so again follow at locked on titans uh i'll put the link out there and and we can get some some questions there that we can talk about tomorrow night and then like i said at some point we'll talk a little bit about the uh the defensive side of the roster uh after we broke down the offensive side a couple of weeks ago so kind of you know the guys that they have who's coming back who who could be gone all that kind of stuff so anything else terry tonight that we need to hit i think we covered it all all right so like i said in the meantime you see miracles.com uh you can check us out there we'll be covering news as it breaks there and we'll be talking about it here so check us out there follow us at jay morris mcm at t lambert fb and the podcast at locked on titans So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.